I'm Christy. And I'm Karen. And you're listening to The, the Modern, Modern Principle. Principle. We're two school leaders who support current and future principles to modernize the approach to supporting students and staff in our schools. We strive to do it all through our approach of scholars, the research and evidence, systems, the structures that sustain, and soul, the emotions and human side. And hopefully we do it with a whole lot of laughs. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Are we on? Oh my gosh, we had real talk right before this came on. Hi <laughs> okay. guys. Karen so- did not know that we were recording. I didn't. <laughs> and I'm sweaty and I'm shining, but it does make my skin look glowy. I just feel like that's the nature of elders. No, <laughs> I think it's the nature of working in schools in August. Yeah, because we don't have air conditioning going. I will because we're saving money. I what never, other job? I will never forget going back. So during COVID, right? We're talking July of 2020. My school district was the first school district probably in the entire nation that went back to school That's because accurate. we hosted in-person summer school in July of 2020. That's accurate. And so I had like my mask and PPE on. No, we and did that. And did you do a July? July. I mm-hmm. thought we were the only ones in the metro that did it. And we, I, I will never forget being so drenched in sweat the first day of summer school, welcoming everyone in because also we had all those new procedures. We're not used to So we lined everyone up six feet apart outside and let them in, you know, one at a time to the building. So I was, yes, to to check temperatures. So I was outside in all of these layers of PPE. Like I'm in a freaking ER. Yes. And and I was, so like I had to have my husband bring new clothes because I was like, I'm drenched. My friend who's a dentist had to wear two different masks and then and then the, and she was people sweating. were getting covid real bad at dentists oh yeah well they're in your mouth yeah anyway she was talking about that sweat too not me i wore sleeveless shirts every day jk i know you did too i did too and i was still disgusting no what was i was gonna say something else oh but like what other job in the world do most of the employees come back most of the clientele come back and you don't fully use your air conditioning until the eight-year-olds are <laughs> Like we have it going. You know what? I'm actually glad that the eight year olds take priority. I am How, too. However, we are big. You know, we are big proponents of you know student first thinking, but we're all, also we're adults. more of like a, a, a students first and, and not or yeah or instead of no it's mm-hmm. and staff right. Mm-hmm. We need to take care of our staff to take care of our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, guys. The other thing I wanted to tell everybody um, today was that Karen laundered money. Uh-huh. Um, okay, we- I work <laughs> in the human resources department. We- Let's clarify: <laughs> it was not any of my anything to do with my work funds. It was personal. We have a joint account. It's not even a business account. It's literally like um, a two-person. Like, like, like mar- we're married. We're married. Um, my husband doesn't have access. Nope, neither does mine. But we have this account, and um, we're both on it for TMP expenses. And I was checking it the well, other day. Let me clarify this. It is connected to my bank and this app. Karen has- also does her personal banking yes. through our. So my yeah. app has all of our accounts there. We have like five and they're all together on my app. So sometimes when we're doing deals, maybe my credit card's too much. So I have to scooch some money. So anyway, I'm on it because we had a problem with one of our accounts saying whatever, doesn't matter. But I was, so I was in there checking to see it if said wire transfer. and it said, it said phone or internet transfer. And it was mm-hmm. kind of a lot of money. And I was like, I do not recall this. And also I'm not calling anyone to make payments or Hello. interneting any interneting anything. Interneting. Um, so I was like, hey, 
did you happen to take X amount of dollars? I was like, from no, TMP? I didn't. <laughs> And I was like, what date was it? And she was, she said the date, it was like the 26th, which is like the day after I get paid. And I was like, oh, yeah, we usually do shift some money around. So my husband almost always does that, but, but asked you to do it. And you just to decided to pay all your household bills with our modern principles. So then I said, <laughs> yes. So then I told him, I was like, I accidentally stole money from TFB. And <laughs> A, he goes, that's rude. I'm working for that money now because he's, we have hired all of our spouses and siblings. I will tell you, we had to co-work together because his job was too hard last weekend. So really I double worked. I should get a time and a half. You really should. Time. You should get time and a half. I know how to figure that. I'll do that. But uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. Anyways, he said, oh, this is what he said. Well, don't you read our account numbers more closely? Who knows their account numbers? I, I know my card numbers. I need someone to label them. I don't know my account numbers. Money. I know. I name Not mine. your money. Yeah, I name mine. I need to Personal. Know. Christmas. Mine are just 00303. <laughs> so I don't know. And now you too. You know. You know too. It's not very big. It's not very big. <laughs> now that you have Karen's account numbers. Yay. Okay, that was our witty banter. Christy was nervous about that. I didn't have anything. I was actually going back to my list oh, um, before we got on here, and I didn't really have anything current. Mm -mm. I was going to have to pretend I talked to a student yesterday or something. But you didn't, though. I didn't. I will tell you this. We're getting ready for our new teachers. They come back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I, one of the admin assistants that's assisting... <laughs> She had a lot of anxiety because our two there's two offices that kind of overlap on it, right? My HR at services, mm -hmm. we overlap sure. because we both we all care about you all yeah. So she was like, I need to have a, a conversation about the tables. And I was like, I don't okay. So we had a meeting to talk about tables. We have okay. all the tables figured out. We needed a lot. We had to get more. Okay. It gives you a sign that we have a lot of new staff. That's why I have bags under my eyes. Okay. At least you have some staff that are right. Hired. So, anyways. Then we leave this meeting and the new person that is working with me, she leans over and she goes, why did no one talk about decorations? Are we not decorating for this thing? And I was like, I don't think of this stuff. Well, I text everybody. So she you was like decorate. freaking out. She was like, why would we not decorate? Don't we want to welcome them? And I was like, who thinks about that? A lot of people. Apparently. Anyways, everyone else in the room had already thought of it. I just had to text them and be like, hey, are we decorating? And they were like, yeah, we bought everything and we're planning to do it. And I was like, wait, oh, good. Good job. Anyway, so it's really cute. We have photo booths and everything. That's fun. I know. And somebody put flowers out. It's just very cute. That's really fun. I, I like decorations. I remember my first AP job and I worked with two guys mm -hmm. and I was like, you guys not going to do anything cute? That's me. That's me. <laughs> One year, and they gave me the school credit mm -hmm. card, and I went out at like 9 p.m. the day before teachers oh, were coming right. back. That feels right. That's what was about to happen. <laughs> Literally right. setting up at 11 p.m. at the school mm -hmm. the night before teachers came That's back. That's right. So, okay, what are we okay. talking about today? So today Ooh, we burp. have a. Um, this is a request from our. We kind of put out every once in a while, like, little, "Hey, what kind of pod topics do you want?" And so this came from one of those little random Instagram story um, surveys. And so our scenario says, I'm going to make this up on the spot. Oh yeah. We don't have one. <laughs> I, well, didn't, I didn't write it down. You didn't make a time for that. I didn't write it down, but it, okay. So we basically, I'm going to make it up on the spot. See how I do. This is called improv 101. And, um, hi, Christy and Karen, longtime listener, first time writer. <laughs> I am a principal at an elementary school okay. and I hate 
having to talk to parents about student behavior. Is that it? It gives me so much anxiety. Mm. What can I do to decrease my anxiety about communicating with parents with student behavior? Sincerely, behavior in Boston. I was going to say Boston, duh. What other B names do we have? <laughs> Baltimore? Bermuda. <laughs> no one's having behaviors in Bermuda. No. Everybody's no. happy. Okay, so we're talking about how to, like, the communication when you have student behaviors. Yes. Communicating with families. Got it. And we're going to use parent slash caregiver. We know families are families. Yes. So if we use parent, you can also assume caregiver. Okay. So you did the research. You did the scola. Should we pause it because my dogs are barking? Notice how I said dogs. She's babysitting dogs. Um, I got a lot of my research this time from... Crucial Confrontations, fun fact about this book that I have, if you're not um, watching us online, but you're listening, my old professor dropped this off on my doorstep oh, from my really? from my specialist program. When? Like a couple of years ago. He said, hey, Christy, I'm cleaning out all my books. Oh. And I thought you would, would you like I this love one? And he dropped it off on my doorstep. I know. It was Your my neighbor. And so it's really fantastic. It's, I think it's the same author as like Crucial Conversations and all that, but it's just really, really good information. Fear Driven PD is the partner for all school administrators looking to plan authentic and relevant professional learning for their staff this school year. These video professional development sessions feature current education practitioners sharing best practices, on-demand videos that give you and your teachers autonomy, and options for singleton teachers like art, music, and other electives. Reach out to Mike at PeerDrivenPD.com and he'll set you up with a modern principal discount. Don't wait to see how Peer Driven PD can fit into your year-long professional development plan to help lead your staff to collective efficacy. So I think before we even get into the research, I want to know if you agree with this idea on systems. Okay. Is that anytime you're communicating about behavior, behavior communication starts before a behavior even has the chance to occur. Well, let me correct that term behavior because behavior is everything good or bad, right? Yes. So we're saying a negative behavior. We're saying that, you know, an undesirable or unexpected. Unexpected, which is the word I have to use with my daughter. That's what I use with my oh, kids. Falling in the the gutter when people walked by was unexpected. <laughs> Some might call it weird, but I'll say unexpected. Unexpected. Um, yes, 100%. You should be having a ton of authentic yes. deposits. Not a, I don't believe in the Oreo sandwich method. No. Hey, Jimmy had a great lunch period. After that, he clobbered three kids in the face. And Jimmy's, Jimmy's shoes were really clean. Bye. <laughs> no, I don't believe in the Oreo method. Yeah. But I, I do believe in being authentic and finding the the expressing the value you see in all of the kids to the parents. Frequently. And it has to happen early. So yeah. I would always have as a, one of my systems, like I always had like a back to school beginning of the year checklist. And one of them was... Um, before September 1st, I need every single teacher to have positive communication home with, with every single kid. Yep. Um, and I'm sure that people disliked me for that, but guess what makes it's a lot easier to have a hard conversation when you already have a deposit. Right. And especially with your, I'm going to use, I don't know if this is the right term, but a hard kid can yes. we just all agree. Like challenging, you know, we have our kids who are harder and They're require pushing. a little bit more, they need more skills. And if you know, you have those kids. Have your teachers make more deposits 100%. in the beginning. 100%. Right? And you as the principal need to make more deposits in the yes. beginning. Agreed. Have as many deposits as you possibly can before the behavior even has a chance to occur. Because yep. parents have to know that you like their kids. 100%. And they have to be authentic. Like, if you're having to search, then you you need to 
soul search. I agree with that because both of us kind of have soft spots for the hard kids and there's a lot of fun things about them. So you need to find them. Mostly if it is a sassy girl that wants to reduce six <laughs> ways from, two, from Tuesday, call me. Those are my girls. Yes. A hundred percent. I agree with that. So there's that one, good... there's one system to put in place. Yes. And I think one thing from um, the text, which is Patterson, Grenny, McGillan, Switzerland. You just nailed those names. Um, the one, they, had a, <laughs> they had a quote that said, when we quickly move to use force to influence change, people intuitively understand that we do that because we believe they have bad motives or the kid has bad motives. We don't respect them. In addition, it communicates that we care only about our goals not Mm -hmm. theirs. And it destroys safety. And when safety disappears, people immediately become defensive. So in order to prevent our families and our caregivers from being defensive, we have to make sure that we have safety, which means that they believe we have their students' best interest at heart, not Mm -hmm. only looking out for our own goals as principal to have a smooth day, but to, you know, that we're looking out for their kids' goals and their, their goals for their students. Right. And I think we need to make sure, um, and I don't know, I think I saw this somewhere in your scholar, I think about regulation, um, and making sure we're thinking about kids, regulated states. We also have to think about our own. And if we're not in a place to make that phone call, where we can detach our personal, because sometimes we have really hard days. Um, mm-hmm. The teacher has really hard days. And then that rubs on you or, ooh, look at that. Or you have a really hard day with a student where like nothing you worked, nothing you tried worked and it just felt awful. It's emotional, yeah. It's emotional, but that reads through the conversation, ooh, your yeah. frustration, have, your exhaustion. Have you ever had a discipline call go worse than it needed to because you were not in the right state. Yeah. I learned those lessons pretty quick. I did too. Yeah. Um, I had situations, especially my first year where I made rash decisions on discipline and then had to backtrack later, which actually, I mean, not only does it make you look like an idiot, Right. <laughs> not not really, but also yes. Say it nicely. Um, but it, you know, it depletes trust in you as a leader. So here's one thing I was I actually talked to principals about this the other day because like one, the number one, this is what Christine and I learned in our dissertation, the number one thing that causes principals to burn out is conflict. Yep. And whenever it's so there's much it's so much. And whenever there is a behavior, there's gonna be conflict mm-hmm. because you're having to deliver uncomfortable information to someone that you don't have a deep relationship. Mm-hmm. Even if you know this parent, you've been through, you still don't it's know still, them. It's never fun. Even it's when I hear spouse, no. like you don't know them that well. No. So th- there's a potential for conflict. So that part is already there. You're already anxious about that potential conflict. Then you add to it that you have nine other things you have to get done. And so your propensity is to go fast because you want it to be wrapped up so that you can move on to the next fire that's burning down the hall. And that is the worst thing you can do. I learned that so many times, even, uh, even recently, like I w- was helping out at a building and I called because I thought we were part, like, I was like, yep, I just want to loop them in where we're at yep. our day. And my voice didn't sound positive. Like it sounded exhausted and I knew it. And I communicated not the right thing to the parent. Um, cause I wasn't as regulated as I should have been. And so going slow, you need to go slower. So like you think you're going slow and then I want you to hit pause and go even slower. Yep. That's that you just hit the nail on the head. It's so hard because, and I think that we, I think typically when you're communicating about behavior, it's typically with the 
a same small group of students right. multiple times, right. right? Rarely, you know, you have students that every once in a while pop up, but you have a lot of communication with a few parents. Right. And I think one system that's really important is obviously if you, if you're having to communicate this much, you better have a behavior plan in place right. for one, right. right? You better have some sort of plan. And a part of that plan as a system has to be, what does parent communication look like for this student? Right. And the parent should be a part of this. This isn't you deciding as a team what the parent wants to hear and when they want to hear it. Right. But it is not fun every day at 4 p.m. after kids leave and they know they see your number on the caller ID. Right. Right. right? But th that's not fun for them either. So really looping that parent in as part of the behavior plan. What do you want to know? Yeah. What do you want to know? know and how do you want to know it? Um, because it's, of course you need to follow policy when it comes to safety sure. and those absolutely kind of things, right. Yeah. But there are some things that will occur um, that you've got to think about. Does the parent actually need to know every detail? And if they ask, then absolutely. <laughs> right. And on the flip side, sometimes you'll get parents that call upset about a behavior that you weren't aware of, yes. or you have to have the conversation with parents when their child was a victim of yes, yes. Also not pleasant. None of those are great None. conversations. One of the things that that has gotten me is I start calling and then I start thinking about what I'm going to say as the phone's ringing. Don't no, do that. plan before. So outlining bullets and you know what what I have found is the breakdown is that parents want to feel valued. So if their child was harmed in any sort of way, they if from their perspective, whether or not it was true or even their child that harmed or acted out felt entitled to do so for one reason or the other, you have to give that value. Yes. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to say you're right because you haven't investigated. You have to give it value. Like as simple as saying, hold on, let me, let me write this down. Let me look into this for you. I will call you back. Absolutely. You have to, you have to show and slow for parents that you value what they're saying. I think the other piece too is that you've got to train your teachers how to communicate with mm -hmm. parents. Yep. Um, because hopefully as the principal, you are not communicating every single behavior infraction that occurs in your school. Nope. Um, but what might happen is that you have several minors that occur with a student before a major maybe occurs that then you have to communicate mm -hmm. and your conversation with that parent and the quality of it and the outcome is going to depend quite a bit on how the everything was, work. yeah, the groundwork that was laid by teachers or behavior interventionists or counselors right. beforehand, depending on your setup. And even if a behavior was, was large and the teacher has not communicated, I will not do that first phone call. We'll do it oh, together. Good point. We'll do it together. That's a great because point. Because I don't want, I don't want them to see it as not related to the work in the classroom. And I don't want to cut the teacher out of that conversation. That's a really good point. I think that's probably, I probably made that mistake as an administrator that sometimes when things got too, too big or really big, I started to own it as my own mm -hmm. rather than our team own it collectively, particularly that classroom teacher, right. because I was, I felt like I was like taking that burden off. Right. But I think what I did was I took the onus yes. <laughs> I took and, and, as and a, I'm not there all day, every day. And as administrators, how many times does the problem start somewhere else? It oh, escalates yeah. with you. It escalates You're aware you. of yeah. the escalation. Yeah. No, like, you're right. I we definitely... shoved seven kids in the hallway on our way to the care room. Like, got that part. What happened to make you go to the care room? Yeah. And I don't have that information. Absolutely. So that's good. Do you have any other scholar? We kind of skipped over that. We've been all over. Yeah, I think I think that's okay. You told me that's yeah. okay. You told me that's what we should do. Oh my god, I don't <laughs> like it. I don't think you should. Who did you listen to? Why? Um, I think another system that I always tried to put in place is um, never letting the kid get to the parent per first, if 100%. possible. It's not always possible. 
Definitely. Or in addition to have the kid with you when you call. Yeah. If they are regulated. Yes. And it's a situation where, um, it's something where it's kind of hard to believe maybe. Uh, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Well, I mean, sometimes the things that come out of our little five-year-old's mouths, you're like, what? Whoa. So I would want my daughter to say that to my face. Mm-hmm. Which she, she had to in preschool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, if you can, really trying to get to that parent first to share, um, hopefully, what is the more objective um, story right. that, that occurred. Um, the other thing that sometimes happens, particularly um, when things happen close to the end of the day, that if something occurs at the end of the day and you're not able to actually get to kind of the investigation, the investigation, or you've started the investigation, but you don't have everyone's story. And yet I always called every single person involved or had the teacher called, depending on the severity of the situation and said, Hey, this occurred at 2:55 PM. And we, you know, we're, we release at three. Um, I was not able to talk to everyone involved. This is what's reported. I do not know if it's accurate or not. And I just wanted to let you know that I will be investigating in the morning and calling you back. You know what usually happens? What? Well, what always happened with, with me? The parents get the truth out of the kid. The parent gets the tomorrow. truth. Usually yeah. the parent gets the truth mm-hmm. and, and it's, and it's usually good information. Right. <laughs> Well, and that is another like quotable that, that came out of my mouth often, especially when the student was maybe a victim of a situation or alleged, and I couldn't fully substantiate it with facts. I'll say, this is what I could find. If you hear anything else from them tonight, please let me know. Um, Or this is what I'm concluding. If there's more to this story that you can get from your kid because they trust you or you're in a safer place, please call me. I would say, too, that that's actually a really good – I feel like, too, in elementary school, most of the time the teacher will see really big infractions, you know? Um, But the – I find, stuff. but I find that sometimes the little stuff, it becomes very difficult to investigate just because little kids have a lot of little stuff. They have a lot of little stuff and a lot of stuff growing in their brain. And, um, if and perception you, and reality aren't always aligned. And if you can call a parent and say, Hey, I'm investigating, but don't know the, you know, the full reality yet. Usually you get the best outcome possible because everybody's guard is dropped, you know, and kids feel comfortable telling their parents the truth because they don't think they're going to get in trouble because the parent says, if you tell me we can figure this out, you won't Mm -hmm. be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a little bit of soul to end it. One thing, and I don't know if I even wrote this, but one thing that, um, is good advice that I give now from the HR team is something that took me a while. Um, you're not responsible for the behavior, right? Just because it occurred in your school, you cannot prevent every major oh infraction. God. We set boundaries with kids and sometimes they just make choices it's that so are not hard. the right choices. Don't you take it, you take it so personally when, especially you your kids that you invest a lot. And then what I find is then you try to overcompensate on the call by not being direct Ooh, or by softening it yes, or by um, overly apologizing for it or talking around it because you're too embarrassed to say the truth. Whatever the things are, it, it is better to be direct. It is better to share facts, not oh, cold. Right. That's what the um, crucial converse, or crucial confrontations talked about too, was kind of this three steps that the ability to reduce an infraction to like its bare essence takes mm-hmm. actually a whole lot of like practice. Yes. And they kind of had three steps, like one unbundle the problem. You yep. have to remove yourself emotionally, which is kind of what Karen was talking mm-hmm. about. Like you have guilt Brilliant. as a principle that it happened. Could have written this book. 
Number two, you have to decide like what's actually bothering you, the staff, the class, like what's the actual infraction? Mm -hmm. Um, Because otherwise, if you don't decide the actual problem, you have too many targets um, or you don't actually get it at all. Right. Like the parent doesn't even know what was really wrong because you just listed 14 different things that happened over the day. And then three, like be concise. Right. Be concise. And if you don't know the truth, say that. Yes. Say, this is what your child said. This is what another child said. I'm having a hard time deciding which was true because yep. that's the only information I have. Yep. Period. Uh, yeah. You can say that. You yes. can say, this became a he said, she said, you know, like I have had to say that to parents a lot. Yep. This be, this is unfortunately a situation where it's he said, she said, I don't have any other 100%. witnesses or an adult didn't see. And so I'm sorry, but this is where we are. Right. And, and you should 100% be apologetic, but I've had... I've had conversations with people that are like, how do I tell the parent that I had to restrain their child? And I'm like, you say, I had to restrain your child Mm -hmm. because of this. Yes. Your child was doing this. So I had to restrain. Let me explain to you what a restraint is. Yes. Don't. Don't say, I know I had to to snuggle him a little bit to get him to calm down. No. No. We need to be, parents need to understand what's happening with their kid at school. They deserve it. Yeah. And as a parent that. I think it was, you know, one of those things that like, yeah, I'm not being clear. I'm trying to be kind, but I'm not being clear. Yes. You know it. Brunei. Do we quote Brunei in every Why single pod? Like Brunei. I don't know. Anyways, I think that's all we got. We're at 24 minutes. We're just so. We're just I could just, I feel like we could talk about this for, all, for a long time. We should time. do another series. Maybe on like um, something else to do with communicating with parents about behaviors. I think so too. Maybe okay. like having to deliver bad news. Well, that's kind of what we did today. Huh? That's kind of what we did today. Okay. So from the desk of the modern principal, this is not a quote, but I think at our core, Karen and I both believe um, at the end, parents must know that you care about their kids, that you like their kids, um, that you want their kids to be at your school before they can hear some of the bad news that you might have to deliver about their students' behavior. Right. And you know, the number one way that parents know that is your relationship with their kid. So have a good relationship with your students so that you can have a good relationship with their parents. Thumbs up, everybody. Thanks for joining us today on the Modern Principal Podcast. If you enjoyed today's pod, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can find out more on our website at www.themodernprincipal.com or Instagram at The Modern Principal. Bye!